Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Soccer Speakeasy. I think we can call it a special edition. Jacob Myers, crew beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch with Kyle Robertson, photo journalist extraordinaire. Um, we decided to record this on Saturday evening. It's 5.09, currently a little more than 24 hours before Columbus Crew and Nashville SC do battle in the Eastern Conference semifinals at 8 o'clock at Moffray Stadium. Uh, that game will be broadcast on ESPN, and as of now, it is happening. So I, I think we just needed to have this because since the last time we spoke on Wednesday, news dropped that night that the crew had four players who had confirmed cases of COVID-19. That number increased to six with two more players testing positive on Thursday, which was reported on Friday. After we get through this intro, you'll hear Caleb Porter's portion of Saturday's media availability. Then Kyle and I will discuss some things we learned and, and kind of just digest the week as a whole before giving our, our final thoughts heading into Sunday's match. So for all of you who I'm sure were doom scrolling all weekend, just a quick rundown of this week's events. We first learned of the COVID-19 cases on Wednesday night, about six to seven hours after the conclusion of press conferences that day and following the crew's receiving of that day's test results. The announcement said that four players had confirmed cases of COVID-19 and no other players or staff had tested positive for the virus on Wednesday. That release detailed that the first two positives were on Sunday then the crew was off on Monday. Tuesday, two more players tested positive. Each of those results were confirmed with a follow-up test. Now, the initial tests normally take about 12 hours before the crew received those results. Then, depending on any positives, they immediately test again. So based on this timeline, we can assume that they confirm the first two on Monday and then confirm the two more to make up the four cases on Tuesday. The club's press release stated that contact tracing and sanitization of the training facility was done. The team was then off on Thursday. That was a planned off day. The team was being tested daily, so they got those results back on Thursday night. They Instead of having training, though, they did have to come in for testing. So it got to Friday. I dug around pretty much all day, and it was unusually quiet. Um, meaning that maybe they had gotten some positive cases back. Things were pretty hushed up until Jeff Carlisle of ESPN reported around 2.40 p.m. that two more crew players tested positive for COVID-19. Shortly thereafter, I was able to confirm that, and then a crew spokesman confirmed the additional positives as well. So that brought the total to six. The crew practiced individually that day. Also worth mentioning that the crew spokesman said, on Friday, there was no discussion of canceling the game, which would have ended the crew season. Saturday, I got word that Friday's round of testing all came back negative, and the game was going to be played Sunday, barring any last-minute disaster scenarios from Saturday's testing, which they should get those results back tonight, and I hope to have an update for you then, uh, if not Sunday morning. So be looking for that um, on, on Twitter, on my account, underscore JC Myers. MLS has been publicly silent on this matter all week as well, though they've been coordinating with the crew. So, Kyle, I, I hope your head isn't spinning, but um, <laughs> that pretty much sums up what we know at the moment. The club is not disclosing the individuals who had tested positive, and those names are not listed on the injury report as medically 
unclear to play. However, I think it's safe to assume with six players, the starting lineup will probably be affected in some way. Um, before we get to it, Kyle, I, I guess just give your kind of thoughts and reactions when you found out. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, the, it's been a rough and absolutely just probably one of the worst um, weeks uh, in the Ohio sports uh, with the Bengals injury last Sunday. And then the CBJ came out with, uh, you know, the report of, you know, there's been a COVID spread. Uh, you know, there's been Browns guys and, and, you know, then Ohio State and then this. So it's been an absolutely just uh, brutal, brutal week for the uh, Ohio sports. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I think it's going to be really challenging. I mean, uh, you know, we're not going to know who possibly the six people are until the, you know, until the, you know, crew, um, you know, probably sends out the who, who's in their starting 11 and who's on the bench. Um, but with, uh, you know, 26 guys who have played this year for the crew and you take out Vito, um, you know, who's the only guy who's been on the injury list up until this point, that leaves you 25 guys and six guys are missing. So you only can, uh, you know, you have 19 guys, you know, that can, uh, you know, um, that you can pick from. Now there are a few guys who are on the roster who, who haven't played for the crew. Um, but I mean, it's, uh, Ooh, it's just, ooh, I don't, you know, I, I guess you'd maybe hope that it's not as bad. You know, um, I wouldn't think, you know, and I could be wrong here, but I wouldn't think if maybe all six were starters, you know, they'd be playing this game on Sunday. But, you know, it wouldn't be the first time the, the league has uh, kind of, uh, you know, stuck it to the crew. But, you know, maybe it is. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about this on the last on the last podcast about you know, what will happen if there is an outbreak and, you know, and here we are talking about the crew. And I think it's just, uh, it's, it, it just sucks for crew fans because they have this, this, this unbelievable opportunity of hosting the games and, you know, possibly hosting MLS cup, you know, here in Columbus. And then this happens. So it's almost like, yes, it's Christmas. It's great. We get all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, your house catches on fire and, you know, all that Christmas joy that you thought you had, you know, last, you know, whenever we record, recorded this last podcast is gone. So uh, it's rough, man. Absolutely rough. Hopefully through our collective size and also trying to comprehend all this news, all of you listening can can probably relate a little yeah. bit to your own emotions this week. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the safety of it all. Um, like I said, the game is going forward as pos- uh, um, as planned. I think it's pretty clear that if this were to happen in the regular season, the game would be postponed just based on what we had seen with other teams who had um, positive tests pop up in the regular season. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how this goes. And uh, Caleb Porter talked about that a bit. So with that being said, here was that press conference. It ran about 12 to 13 minutes long. And then, like I said, Kyle and I will talk about some of the things said. So, OK, here's Caleb Porter. Based on everything that's happened over the last several days, what makes you confident that the club has stopped the spread, it's under control, and the game can be played safely? Yeah. What makes me confident is uh, relying on the doctors and the medical experts that we've relied on um, for the last eight months and relying on the league's um, decisions. And and certainly they have, have done a great job all year at making the right decisions and evaluating a lot of scenarios in a lot of different um, clubs. And um, we feel like uh, this virus is contained 
um, within our team. And we feel that way based on, not my opinion, based on the experts and the doctors and the league advice. Thank you, Philip. For our next question, we'll go to Pat Murphy from Master Report, followed by Ori Benetron. If you would like a question after that, raise hand. Pat, go ahead. Caleb, can you just uh, take us through what this week has been like with obviously guys testing positive in and out in the training, not training? What, what's it been like the last few days? Yeah, it's been uh, challenging. Uh, we've had to adapt. We've had to uh, modify um, our preparation. What I would say is we've had um, other tough weeks as well. Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, the week when we uh, had to postpone the Orlando game and, um, you know, last minute changes to what we're doing. And um, our guys have been uh, unbelievable. They've been like they have all year, um, resilient. And I would say it, you rely on your chemistry, your unity, your relationships, and the habits, the mental toughness, all those things. You rely on all those things in these situations. And, and the players have been outstanding just at rolling with it. And here we are, you know, with the game still on. And the players are excited um, to keep moving on in this tournament and to try and achieve our goal. We know we have two weeks left and three games. Thank you, Kale. Next, we'll go to Ori Benatar, followed by Jacob Myers. And if you would like a question after that, raise hand. Ori, go ahead. Just a quick question, Caleb. If you've talked to any of the players who've tested positive, have they been feeling okay? Are they asymptomatic? or and Are, are they just doing all right in general? How's their health? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, of course, I've been in touch with all the players, and um, they are feeling good. They're all asymptomatic, and they're all um, healthy and um, safe. Thank you, Caleb. Next, we'll go with Jacob Myers, followed by Jordan Angel, and so we can drop up our availability. If you'd like a question after that, raise hand. Caleb, I, I know you, you can't identify the players. So I'm not going to specifically ask you that, but I'd like to ask if you can give us at least an idea of how different the lineup might look based on these absences and if there are also any additional players who are close contacts now who might have been training off to the side. Yeah, we're not going to disclose, obviously, the names um, for medical confidentiality purposes and reasons. So, obviously, we everybody knows we have six players that have tested positives. Um, we've done, like, like we have in a few other situations with the one player before him his back, a couple staff members. Um, we've, we've, we've done very thorough, um, uh, review and done contact tracing and, and so on and so forth. And, uh, it's been a long week, obviously, and, uh, been challenging, but, um, you know, we, we've got this game tomorrow that the players are looking forward to and, and looking forward to it, um, because they feel safe and they feel confident based on the experts advice and the league advice. Um, that it's contained. And I think that's really key. If it wasn't safe, we wouldn't be excited for the game. We wouldn't want to play the game. But uh, we rely on our doctors, our medical experts, um, you know, the government. We rely on the league. And uh, I'm not a doctor. Um, you know, I rely on all those people to tell me that uh, we're good to go and that this is contained and uh, 
that we're ready to play the game. Thank you, Phil. Up next, we'll go to Ariel Wildenwald, then Jordan and Geraldine, and our final question will be Pat Murphy. Hey, Caleb, thanks for the time. Um, looking at the game itself, you mentioned in your last interview that when you were looking at the Toronto Nashville game, you know, a lot of people probably picked Toronto, but you kind of like Nashville's chances. I was wondering if you could expand on, you know, what you see when you look at them and how you stack up and what makes them a formidable opponent. Yeah, I mean, you never know how these games are going to go, but you can kind of predict um, a little bit what you think is going to happen. And, and I think a lot of it's based on just um, the current form and maybe just looking at how the matchup will, will shake out. And, um, you know, not taking anything away from Toronto. They're a very good team. But, uh, you know, you could see Nashville in that first game, Miami, they were flying in their full confidence, and I thought that would carry into the next game. And um, it's been talked about a lot, the one-two, getting a team that just won. You know, I think that's a big um, – you know, I've been on the other end of those those types of games, and I've been – actually, I've been on both ends of those types. So, you know, I know very well what's that, what that's like. Um, so I just thought that Nashville would carry that momentum. I thought that was a big thing, and – and um, as far as specifics on their team, you know, I, I said it. I think they're just a very um, – they're, they're a team that executes. They have experience. They know who they are. Um, and they know how to be successful in who they are. And I think that's a simple thing. Um, but they do it. And, and all good teams know who they are. All good teams play to their strengths. All good teams are, are clear in what they're looking to do. There's no mysteries, um, but they execute. You know, they're a good defensive team. Um, I would say they're, they're not just a team that drops off and defends. I think that's a myth. I think their team presses a little bit, tries to get stuff off you. And then, you know, of course, if you break it, then now they get a little bit more compact and – they go into kind of their low block and their low block's tough to break down. And when they win the ball, they're very good in transition. Um, you can see that's a, that's a key phase, phase for them. Um, they have no problem going direct um, in the buildup and then playing off second balls and getting crosses in. Uh, they're great on set pieces. And I think they're a patient team. You know, they – they basically invite you to beat them. Uh, and if you make a mistake, whether it's a set piece or a transition, fall asleep or off cross, not defend the box, um, then they'll punish you. Thank you, Caleb. Our final two questions. So we'll go to Jordan Angeli and then Pat Murphy. Caleb, 25 years of Major League Soccer, the crew have been in the Eastern Conference semifinal 14 now of those 25 years. That's pretty incredible when you think about those numbers. What do you attribute in this last year to getting the team from where you were when you first started in 2019 to here back in, in this Eastern Conference semifinal? Yeah, I don't think you can attribute it to any one thing. I think it's, you know, in any club that's successful, it's a collection of a lot of things. Um, you know, it's a team, um, you know, it's a team effort uh, from the front office and, you know, what they do in terms of roster and, and budget and 
to the owners who spend the money, to obviously the players who play the game, to the coaches who prep the team, to the sports science staff who manage the physical. I mean, everybody plays a role. Everything's important. Everything adds up. And um, so I think it's, it's everybody. It's everybody chipping in and doing their part. Um, you know, and I think that's one thing in this club. We try to be very thorough in every department and uh, in every aspect, in every way. Thank you. And the final question goes to Pat Murphy. Caleb, with, with everything that's gone on this week, how prepared do you guys feel for a game? Uh, I, obviously, you've, you've been able to practice, but not normally and, and whatnot. Just how do you feel going into this one? Yeah, we feel good. Um, you know, obviously we had some modified training days. Um, we expected to have more um, prep. But I'm not a guy that sits and spends a ton of time going, what if, you know, and, man, I can't believe we didn't get that or this. Uh, I'm a guy that thinks about finding ways no matter what to get the job done. And that's what we've had to do all season long. So in some ways we pretty much got a, got a window that we've had all year, you know, with one real prep day. And um, I think at this stage we rely on our habits. We rely on our continuity that we've built throughout the season and certainly the last three, four weeks. And um, I would say when you look at New York, there, there are a lot of similarities in what we had to do in that game. So that helps as well. We had two weeks to, to really get reps on a lot of those things. So we didn't get a ton of reps on those things this week. Um, the guys know what they need to do. There's no mystery there. We had some great film sessions. Um, we, had, we had a good session today. Um, but we certainly didn't get the reps attacking, defending that we got going in New York. Um, but the good news is there are a lot of, a lot of similar things that we need to do in this game. So that, that helps. And, you know, at this stage, you are who you are. Your habits are you. And, and, you know, we've worked hard to build those habits. And I think when that whistle blows, you know, neither team is going to be perfect. There are going to be mistakes. There are going to be maybe at times lack of execution. Um, but at the end of the day, you just have to find a way to win in advance. That's, that's it. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not getting, you know, my panties in a bunch going, I, I didn't get four days, man. I wanted four days. I don't care. We're going to, we're going to be ready and the guys are going to be ready and they're excited to continue this season and continue towards our goal. And we've got three games in two weeks left. And I think our guys believe that nothing's going to stop us. Okay. So a couple quick things to note out of that. Like we had mentioned before, the transition into the audio there of the press conference, Caleb Porter said they're confident that the game is safe to play, that they're relying on medical experts, as we should all be doing at all times during this pandemic. So they believe it's safe to play. None of the players are symptomatic. They're all asymptomatic right now, which I can get into a bit why that might be important going forward. And then when asked about the lineup, how it might be affected, he did not answer it directly. So, again, we'll we'll find out tomorrow. Um, So I guess I want to start with with you, Kyle. I'm not going to ask 
because you're not a doctor if you think it's safe or not safe or not to play. But just knowing, you know, your own reading about the virus and we've all been doing that ourselves. What questions, I guess, do you still have going forward to tomorrow or are you just kind of all right, let's let's go on, get on with the game? I mean, I, I don't have as many questions. I mean, they've been de- dealing with this, you know, for what, three or four months now since the MLS Backus tournament. So I think they're following every single protocol and, and every single advice of the MLS and the health, um, you know, health department of figuring out what to do. Um, but I mean, it's just, you know, to me, I think, you know, the, the biggest question is how did this happen? Why did it happen now? I mean, you know, up until now, you know, the crew has been very good with, uh, you know, with, with this outbreak, there's been a couple isolated incidents here and there, but for the most part, you know, nothing as large as six guys. Um, so, you know, I think that's the, you know, and, and we'll probably never know how, you know, how or who, or, you know, we're probably not going to know the contact tracings, um, of this or how it all happened. Um, but I, you know, I, I think you have to feel confident because, you know, look, this is in the beginning of the season. They've done, you know, probably thousands and thousands of tests um, through, you know, for the players and the staff and, you know, anyone who's associated uh, with this team. So, I mean, you're going to have to fall, you know, under the guidelines of, hey, they're doing everything they can. Everyone says they're okay based upon X amount of tests and all the protocols and all the, you know, situations and all the all the things that they've done up until this point. So if they say they're good to go, I mean, you you know, you, you kind of have to believe them at this point. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Like you said, we're we're never going to really know how this started unless the players themselves who tested positive, I think, go out and say that I don't expect to, the club to disclose that as well as it's kind of impossible to know right. exactly how it started. Um, and you can imagine any entity kind of hiding behind that as well and just saying, you know, if we don't know how this happened. Uh, I, Caleb Porter has said in the past that they have been incredibly serious, the, the players and staff and everybody, and no one has, no player has tested positive outside the one in Orlando, that was an isolated incident that they handled well, only the one player because they canceled some some training. But Caleb Porter has said in the past that no one has tested positive is a, is a testament to how serious everyone has taken it. And I don't point that out as to say that now they're being irresponsible. I point that out because especially in the state of Ohio and Franklin County, this virus is completely out of control. Uh, the other day, there was a 15.5% positivity rate in the state. The positivity rate in the state seven-day average is 14%. So, of course, if someone was irresponsible, like a public figure, like an athlete, they will be held to account. That's that's our job as journalists. But well, I, I think we're I think we're at a point. Well, hold on. I I will I will interject here and say, you can't. I don't think you can necessarily blame than an athlete because, you know, unless they say, yeah, I was out partying because they could have gotten it from their daughter or they could have got it from their son at school. I mean, there's a lot of different ways where, you know, they could have came contact uh, with this. It's not necessarily um, if you've read the Columbus Dispatch today um, and and there we had a reporter whose daughter, who's three years old, um, got got the disease, you know, got COVID and nobody else in the family got it. So, I mean, you know, I, I think you need to 
change the wording on that. You know, I, I, I just think it unless, you know, they're out partying or they're clubbing or they're, you know, they're being irresponsible. I think, you know, it, it could have been a situation where they didn't even know that anyone that they, they that they ran into got it or you know what I mean? I, I just think it's a little, you know, it's just. Uh, you just don't know right now if this with with, you know, unless you're out partying and, you know, up until this point, I think, you know, most of the players have been really, really good. But you just don't know where your, you know, your middle school kid is if you have a, you know, a kid or a high school. You know what I mean? It's so I think I think it's uh, you just don't know. That's the best way to phrase what I yeah. was trying to yeah. say. I completely <laughs> agree with all that. Um, yeah. And, and knowing these guys, I do believe they've been taking it yeah. seriously. So. Um, I guess and, and this I, is, I, yeah, and I also think soccer players are for the most part pretty good and pretty, you know, they're not out clubbing and, and, and doing, you know, what NFL players are doing and basketball guys. I think they're, you know, the them and hockey guys are, you know, the, you know, they're really good dudes out there. Completely agree, and not trying to add to a stigma of well, you got the virus, you must have been yeah. doing something wrong. So well, well said, Kyle. Uh, the other thing, of course, good thing. None of these players are symptomatic right now, even the two who tested positive on Sunday. So we're almost a week since they tested positive and no symptoms. Of course, you know, symptoms can show up several days after that. But a weekend is a good indicator. Maybe uh, they'll continue to be asymptomatic. So, of course, we, we still don't know right now how the virus will unfold in these athletes. Um, hopefully that. Saturday's test results show nothing else. Now, why that's important in terms of having symptoms or asymptomatic, the protocol for return is different. The players who do not have symptoms, I, I believe you know there are multiple factors here. You look at when they tested positive and all that, but if they don't have symptoms, as far as I understand, they return two negative PCR tests within 24 hours of one another, and they can be cleared to come back as long as they pass um, like a cardiac exam to make sure no damage to the heart or anything like that. If they have symptoms, it's a little more complicated with, okay, when did they start having symptoms? When's the last day with symptoms? And that's just a little more up in the air. So hopefully um, those guys continue not to have symptoms. Will there be testing tomorrow morning? Will there be one last test uh, uh, before the game? Do you know that? Or or is like uh, Friday the last time they test? Normally, they don't test on the day of the game. I think with this many, they will. However, getting the results back, I mean, like they would get the results back almost mid-game if they've been testing the same time that they have been if they do test Sunday. My my answer is I don't know for certain, but I know they're testing every single day, um, at least this week, leading up to the game. I would assume they're going to be tested Sunday. Um, so let's just operate under that and then they'll get results after that. Um, hopefully not a Justin Turner, LA Dodgers <laughs> scenario there. Um, the other thing worth mentioning is just on the lineup, as I said, and you heard Caleb Porter didn't directly answer what the lineup will look like. I get they got to be careful with, or they're choosing not to identify these, uh, these individuals who tested positive. Still, Kyle, we're going to know tomorrow if a big name is out of the lineup. Yeah. I think you can rightly assume, because there have been no other injuries, that that player has COVID. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm kind of looking at it as like, look, they'll probably be, you know, a six out of your, you know, your 25, 
you know, I'm guessing probably two, two or three starters and then two or three reserves, hopefully maybe uh, somebody on the active roster who isn't really, you know, um, you know, playing, but, you know, practicing, you know, I think that's obviously your best case scenario, but I, you know, I, I don't think you can sit there and say, Hey, I, you know, there's gonna be no starters. That's going to be effective. You know, I think, you know, you know, I, you, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's just, though, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, you know, but I would expect maybe two or three starters. And like I said, you know, maybe two or three key reserves or, you know, he, he, you know, yeah, Caleb has just spit, you're just spitballing there, right? Well, like, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying by the odds, you know, if, if you sure. really, if you really only have, you know, uh, you know, 25, you know, 25 people to pick from, you know, that are, you know, and six of the 25 get it, you know, you're, you know, you know, I don't think all, you know, 11 starters are practicing by themselves and, you know, they're, people hang out with different folks and different, you know, in different groups and training that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, so I, I don't, I don't think you can say, yeah, it's six reserve guys, but you know, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I would expect two or three starters and then maybe, you know, two or three reserve guys and hopefully maybe a couple guys who are on the roster, but not, you know, playing for say, but, um, but you, you just, you just don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just playing the numbers. Like I said, yeah. I don't, I don't think you'll I don't think tomorrow, you know, when the starting lines are come out, you'll see 11, the, the 11 same starters that you saw, uh, you know, for the first playoff game. Yeah, look, these are all conversations crew fans are having among themselves. So uh, I, I'm totally fine with that being done on the show. And, um, you know, Kyle has proven himself to be the moral police to as I tried to be the moral police on um, people contracting covid. Uh, like I said before, not trying to cast any blame on, on those players who contracted that. And obviously we're hoping for the best. So two players we do know and can rightfully assume they pretty much said they're playing is who we spoke to on Saturday and Artur and Pedro Santos. Um, I just want to read a couple things that they said from that press conference was uh, Artur had mentioned that they, they feel like they have some motivation to push for these guys who are out and try to win the game for them. They, they know it's a, a sad moment and they, they, those players who are out are probably kicking themselves a bit and maybe thinking they, they let the team down. So what they see is their duty is to try to advance on, on that note. And Pedro Santos had this quote said, you know, they, they know we're family. They can be sad because they're out. But like I said, uh, we'll try to win this game for them too. But then don't you think then it has to be at least one or two starters then if they say that quote? So I had asked Artur, I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle. I had asked Artur, based on the group that you have, maybe a key player or two out, what's your confidence in the group? And I'll just read the direct quote. It's still 100% confidence because we have quality in the whole group and the whole been using different lineups and we got to where we are now. Everybody in the whole team who is on the bench, who is the game for us that's an important thing that is one of our strength that is trust each other and play together that's the way we are now so i think he left it pretty open to yeah. interpretation like what who might be out what the lineup might look like um but mentioning lineup rotation i think that it doesn't confirm what we think to be the case but more my interpretation of that is just 
his way of saying whoever's in there, they're going to they're, they're confident they can get a yeah. get a win. Is yeah, that how no. you read it too? Yeah, no, I, I read it, you know, we've talked about this so many times this year about the depth of the crew and that all year they've been challenged with, you know, pretty much it seemed like almost everyone has, you know, has gotten hurt or has missed some games for certain situations. And, you know, this is the ultimate test. This is, this is, uh, you know, if you're a crew fan, you, you know, um, you know, you should be uh, happy that, you know, um, you know, Hector's played, you know, so many games that Sebastian has, you know, has got some play, you know, hat, you know, Aiden Morris has gotten some games and, you know, you know, even Waylon Francis, you know, you know, so you're not throwing guys out there, you know, if, if they are missing three or four guys or two or three, you're not throwing out guys who haven't been tested throughout the season or haven't played. So I think that's the one kind of maybe positive uh, way to look at this, that, it, you know, they have had a lot of depth. They've had a lot of guys play this year and they've had a lot of guys play in different positions. And so maybe all of that, you know, uh, was uh, helping them for this moment here. So, um, but that's just me kind of looking at a more positive look or, you know, <laughs> positive being yeah. an operative <laughs> word. I was wondering if the crew was going to tweet out some photos from practice this week of Lucas Elorion, Jossie Zardes, Darrington Nagby, Mensa, whoever it may be, like just to confirm that they're in practice kind of the way Ohio State did with Justin Fields, and just to maybe reinvigorate the fan base to assure them some, some key pieces are back. Not to suggest that they're out because the crew didn't do that, of course, but uh, like we said, there there's a lot of unknown right now, and but we'll, we'll find some things out when they release that starting lineup, which normally happens about an hour before the game. So that's all I really have. Kyle, I, I, last I, I was going to say, hey, hey, the striker's still a free agent. I got about a good five, ten minutes in me. So, I mean, the crew's that desperate. I mean, hey, I'm sure my wife will uh, let me uh, be free tomorrow evening. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I, I can uh, I can give it my all for, for five minutes. <laughs> five to ten good minutes could be more than what Adi gives. So I think you're, you're right up there on the depth chart. Yes. Well. Well, thanks again, everyone, for for listening. I'm Jacob Myers at underscore JC Myers on Twitter. Uh, That is Kyle Robertson at KRobPhoto. Like Kyle said, I know this week was challenging and exhausting to keep up with with the news. Obviously, and I'm not trying to be too dramatic about that because there are a lot more important things right now than just this one game. But it would suck if you're on having contracted COVID cases. Gary Smith, the Nashville coach, even said that in his press conference. No one wants to see that. So just wanted to mention that and let you all know we're thinking about you all and obviously hoping the best for the players that had tested positive. And we'll talk again next week, breaking down Sunday's game between Nashville and the crew and maybe even previewing a Eastern Conference final. So bye for now. Patrick, kick us out of here.